Hello, and welcome to the chapter 22 of the Book of Rulebooks. My name is Mathieu Labrosse, and today we'll cover the game Project Elite, a game designed by Constantinos Kokinis, Marco Portugal, and Sotirios Tantilas, and published by Artipia Games and Simon Games. Dr. Calm did his best not to fidget, but he kept smoothing his tie like a man obsessed. He'd given plenty of briefings in his time at the United Nations, but never one of this scale. Not that there even was such a thing as United Nations anymore. That building had been vaporized along with most of New York City. Doctor, they're ready. The soldier led him through a long, stark, concrete corridor to a briefing room shrouded in darkness, but for a spot near the projection screen. The escort announced the doctor to the room. He couldn't really see anyone, but got the impression of suits and uniforms beyond the edge of the gloom. That and nervous energy. His tablet contained the sum total of what they knew about the invasion, an all-too-brief document. Secretary General, Presidents, Generals, and Ambassadors, I'm Dr. Calm. He tapped a button on his tablet and the projection wall behind him bloomed into a dozen horrific images of twisted creatures, some mockeries of humankind, others utterly alien. The many faces of our enemy. There is more than that, said the UN general near the front. Yes, but these larger ones are the true Genusians. The general snorted. Are we really calling them that? Uh, well, they come from Proxima Centauri B, the planet we've dubbed Janus for the two-faced god. Proxies, he interrupted flatly. That's how we troops call them. Calm shrugged. Then proxies. They've got many more troops of varying specialties. Several more taps and images appeared. Smaller and far less intelligent, like six-year-olds. That spit acid and run at 40 miles per hour. Yes, General, said Calm. They're absolute masters of genetic engineering. We surmised this was used to adapt to their dying world. Proxima Centauri B orbits their star at a fraction of the distance than even Mercury orbits our sun. It's a dim, dark star throwing off little heat. While the zone is technically habitable, the planet has degraded significantly over time due to the radiation and intense stellar winds. I'm sure they've known their world was doomed for some time. So they want ours, said the general. Well, they can have it. A murmur of agreement circled the room. Indeed, general. At one time, perhaps, some accommodation might have been possible. Well, that ended when they destroyed our interplanetary infrastructure and Mars colony went silent. Let's not even talk about the craters that were Earth's largest cities. So, cut to the chase. How do we stop them? This was the tricky part. 
Com swiped an orbital map image to the screen. This is their invasion fleet, currently in stationary orbit behind the moon. From here, they're able to launch attacks on us with impunity. The only reason we're still here is because they want the planet intact. Otherwise, they could just as easily drop an asteroid on us. Large-scale bioweapons would be counterproductive as well. Mostly, they seem interested in mass abductions and strikes against our research efforts, as well as whittling away at what defenses we retain. The general grunted. And your research efforts will win this for us? More taps and a number of weapons appeared on the screen, as well as a video of super soldiers lifting incredible weights and running nearly as fast as the aliens. Their technology is formidable, but not incomprehensible. Once we can put some of these prototypes into mass production, we can fight back on much more equal terms. We are so close. The general was nodding, along with positive murmurs through the room. Calm took a deep breath. Time, General. That's all what we need. The General grunted. That's the one thing I can't buy you. Not easily, anyway. He contemplated the screens for a moment. Still, there is a plan in the works. It's risky, but it might work perfectly with you and your prototypes. Let me tell you all about Project Elite. Game Overview Project Elite is a fast-paced cooperative board game for one to six players who take on the role of members of an elite squad recruited to stop an invading alien force. These fearless soldiers have been assigned several missions that must be fulfilled before their window of operations closes and time runs out. While the game itself controls the aliens and their activations, players engage in frantic rounds of real-time dice rolling that allow them to move, search for weapons and items, and fight against incoming swarm of aliens. Improve your game experience. With the music carefully created by Orchestra and with an amazing production by Labyrintho Filmes, the Project Elite app offers a timer function for the real-time action phase, along with custom-made soundtracks to transport players to the battlefield which react and adapt to the amount of time left, escalating the tension and queuing players on the time left. Use the QR code in the rulebook to download it for free. Basic Concepts The Map Board Project Elite's double-sided map board provides two different scenarios, the abandoned lab and the crash site. Both sides share the following common features printed on the map board. The starting area. Each map has a starting area, denoted by a yellow and black line on its borders. 
This is the area where heroes are placed at the beginning of each mission. Reaching the starting area is the alien's ultimate goal. The Alien Cluster Slot These are the spaces where alien cluster tokens are placed. The Spawn Points These are the spaces where alien figures will be placed during the spawning phase. The Objective Slots These are the numbered areas that are used during mission setup. The Search Slots these are the spaces where search tokens are placed. The alien path. These are a series of arrows indicating the mandatory paths alien use when moving. The spaces. Each space on the map can fit only one figure. Spaces sharing an edge or corner with another space are considered to be adjacent to one another. Spaces are denoted by grid lines. The walls. Some spaces on the map are separated by walls, which block movement between spaces as well as around wall corners. Spaces separated by walls are not considered to be adjacent. The blocking spaces. Some spaces don't have grid lines on all four sides. These are blocking spaces. No figure can be placed on them or be pushed into them. They also block line of sight. The Hero Dashboard Hero dashboards are used to keep track of heroes' abilities, damage, weapons, items, and dice effect. It consists of a name, an illustration, a damage threshold. It also has a damage track and a damage marker, which represents the current status of the hero's life. It has two spaces for locked die slots. When a damage marker crosses a damage threshold, the hero loses one action die and places it in its slot. On the dashboard, you will also find a special ability which is a unique characteristic that sets each hero apart from the others. Just below the dashboard, you'll find weapon slots. Each hero dashboard features two slots where the hero's weapon can be placed. Each hero can only carry up to two weapons at any time. When they find new weapons, they must choose which two to keep. And finally, you'll find an area for the items. This indicates where the hero's item cards are placed. Unlike weapons, there's no limit to the number of items a hero may carry. The action and hit dice. In Project Elite, heroes use two types of dice. The action dice are used during the action phase. The action dice have specific symbols on each face that allows heroes to perform different actions. The second type of dice is the hit dice. The hit dice are used to activate weapons, items, and are also used to determine where bosses spawn. The action slots. Action slots indicate places on various game components where action dice must be allocated to activate 
or cancel effects. There are two types of slots, which are regular slots and locking slots. The regular slots have a blue background and may be used multiple times during each action phase by having dice with the corresponding symbols allocated to them. Heroes may retrieve the dice allocated to regular slots at any time. As for the locking slots, they have a red background and a textured border. Whenever a hero allocates a die on this slot, it must remain there until the end of the round. This means each locking slot can be used only once during each action phase. The double locking slots require players to allocate both action dice on it. The action slots in detail. During the first activation of cards that feature a regular and a locking slot, you need to allocate two action dice. However, in future activations, the action die on the locked slot is kept on the card and the weapon can be activated as if it had only the regular slot. For cards with double locking slots, you need to allocate two action dice that will remain in the slots until the end of the round, meaning that the weapon can only be used once during the round. Note. You must retrieve dice from all slots at the end of the round. Remember that you can still use any unused ready equipment once after the time of the action phase is over. When you have to lock an action die because your damage marker crossed a threshold, you can choose any of your dice, even if it already was in a locked slot. Note that completed events or objectives that have dice removed from them for this purpose will remain completed. This means that since they were already completed, events won't affect the game and objectives are still considered ready. However, if you remove a die from an incomplete event or objective, then that slot will need to have a new die allocated to it in order to be completed. Search cards, items, and weapons that have dice removed from them cannot be used again during the same action phase. Flip the card if you need a reminder that the card was already used until the next action phase. Game Setup First, choose one side of the map board and place it face up in the center of the table. Given the game's real-time aspect, it is very important the map is within easy reach of all players. Second, each player does the following. Choose a hero and take the corresponding hero dashboard and figure. Choose a player color and collect the matching damage marker and counter base. Place the hero dashboard in front of you with the damage marker on the leftmost slot of the damage track. Then attach the counter base to the hero figure and place it on the starting area. Take one player aid card and the four action dice and three hit dice. Third, randomly take a number of basic weapons equal to the number of players plus two and place them face up in the center of the map. Then, each player chooses and equips one basic weapon card. Return any unselected cards to the box. Fourth, place the Swarm Stats card face up 
next to the map so they are all visible to all players. Fifth, take eight boss stats card, shuffle them with 12 all clear cards and place them face down near the map, forming the boss spawn deck. Sixth, separate the search, alien tech and swarm spawn cards into three separate decks. Shuffle each of them and place the decks next to the map. Seventh, choose a mission and select a difficulty level, which range from easy, medium, or hard. Each mission has its own unique setup and rules, which you can find at the end of the rulebook. Eight, return any unselected heroes to the box. Place all alien figures next to the map board. Ninth, each event card displays a number in its bottom right corner. Sort the event cards in different piles according to the following and then shuffle each pile. The first pile should contain the cards ranging from 1 to 16, the second from 17 to 21, the third from 22 and 23, and the final two piles each contain the cards 24 and 25. Then, take a total of 8 cards according to the chosen difficulty level. Return the remaining cards to the box. For the difficulty level easy, take 5 cards from the pile 17 to 21, 2 cards from the 22 and 23, and the 24 card. For the medium difficulty level, take 3 cards from the 1 to 16 pile, 2 cards from the 17 to 21, the two cards 22 and 23, and the 24 card. For the hard difficulty level, take four cards from the 1 to 16 pile, take the 22, 23, 24, and 25 card. Finally, shuffle the selected cards and place them face down in line near the map, forming the event track. The 10th step, shuffle the alien cluster tokens and randomly place them in the alien cluster slots on the map with their numbers face up. Eleventh, place the search tokens on the search slots in the map with their light side face up. Twelfth, place the remaining tokens in separate pools next to the map. Thirteen, players collectively decide who will be the timekeeper in charge of the electronic timer during the action phase. That player takes the electronic timer. The Solo Mode To play Project Elite with a single player, follow the normal game setup instructions with these two adjustments. First, the player chooses any two heroes to play with. Second, instead of the four action dice per hero, the player takes a total of five action dice. During the game, dice results can be distributed between the two heroes. And third, during the alien spawning phase, which will be explained later, aliens are spawned as in a two-player game. The phases of the game. A game of Project Elite is played over a maximum of eight game rounds. Each game round is broken up into the following phases. First, the event phase, Second, the alien spawning phase. Third, the action phase. Fourth, the alien activation phase. And finally, fifth, the end of round phase.
The Event Phase At the beginning of each game round, the heroes reveal the leftmost unrevealed event card on the event track. There are three types of event. The Ongoing Effect Event These are the events numbered 1 to 16. When these are revealed, these cards add an ongoing effect to the game, which stays active until its requirements are fulfilled, which will be explained later. The Immediate Effect, which are the events card 22 to 25. When revealed, resolve these cards' effect immediately. Then, play continues to the next phase. And finally, the No Effect Event. These are the events 17 to 21. When revealed, these cards have no effect and play continues to the next phase. On each event, you'll find a title, the action slots, so these slots list the action dice that must be allocated in order to fulfill the ongoing event, the number of slots that need to be filled is based on the number of players, the top left corner of each slot indicates the applicable player count. Next, on the event card, you'll find the event effect. This is the card's effect, which stays active every game round until its requirements are fulfilled. And finally, as we've seen, you'll also find the event number. This is the card's number, which is used to build the event track earlier. It also lists the event type, which is immediate, ongoing, or no effect. The Alien Spawning Phase During this phase, the alien forces receive reinforcements based on the chosen difficulty and number of players in the game. During each phase, you'll flip Swarm Spawn cards as well as Boss Spawn cards in order to reinforce both Swarm and Bosses. At the easy difficulty, flip one Swarm Spawn cards per player and flip one Boss Spawn card. At the medium difficulty, flip one card per player for the swarm spawn cards and two boss spawn cards. And finally, for the hard difficulty, flip one card per player plus one card for the swarm spawn cards and flip two boss spawn cards. The alien spawning phase is broken into two steps, which take place in this order. First, the swarm spawn step. To spawn new alien swarms, reveal and resolve the required number of cards from the top of the swarm spawn deck, one card at a time. On each card, you'll find the type, which indicates the type of alien swarm to spawn, which can either be biter, runner, or shooter. You'll also find on the card the quantity, which indicates the number of alien figures to spawn, and you'll find the location which indicates the spawn points where the alien figures must be placed. Each spawn figure must be placed on a spawn point adjacent to the indicated alien cluster token. Note: When a question mark is shown, instead of a number, players collectively choose an alien cluster token. The last element you might find on a swarm spawn card is the activation. This icon indicates that the alien spawned by this card performed their ability step, 
which will be explained later, and then perform their movement step, which will also be explained later. This happens immediately after all alien figures generated by the current swarm card are placed on the map. Newly spawned aliens don't activate during this phase unless an activation icon is present. Aliens activated during this phase will be activated again during the alien activation phase, which happens later. If all eligible spawn points are currently occupied by figures, which can either be aliens or heroes, players push figures to make room for the swarms being spawned. Players collectively decide which figures to push. Pushed alien figures must move following the alien path. Pushed heroes suffer one damage, but don't need to follow the alien path. If there aren't enough figures to spawn the required number or type of aliens generated by a swarm spawn card, spawn as many as possible and immediately resolve an alien movement for each missing figure. Important. If at any point the heroes need to draw a swarm spawn card and the deck does not have enough cards, reshuffle the discard pile to form a new swarm spawn deck. The boss spawn step. To spawn new alien bosses, reveal and resolve the required number of cards from the top of the boss spawn deck, one card at a time. There are two possible outcomes when revealing a boss spawn card. You'll either reveal a boss stat card or an all clear card. The boss stat card. This card spawns the shown boss. Find the boss figure that matches the card, roll a hit die to determine an alien cluster token, and place the miniature on a spawn point adjacent to it. Use the following results of the hit die. On a 1 or a 2, use the alien cluster token 1. On a 3 or a 4, use the second token. And on a 5 or a 6, use the third token. On each boss stat card, you'll find the name, an ability, which is unique to each boss, the health, which is the number of health tokens to place on the boss stat card when it spawns, an activation, which is the icon that indicates that the alien spawned by this card immediately performs its ability step and then performs its movement step, and you'll also find the movement value. This number is the number of spaces a boss moves during its activation. If all eligible spawn points are currently occupied by figures, either alien or hero, the player must follow the normal swarm spawn rules, pushing figures as needed. Important. A boss is killed when its health is reduced to zero. When this happens, remove both its figure and stats card from the game. The hero who dealt the final blow takes an alien tech. Additionally, the boss spawn deck is never reshuffled, even if there are no cards left in it. The second possible outcome when revealing a boss spawn card is an all clear. This card is discarded with no effect when revealed. The acid and slime tokens. 
some alien abilities might include the use of slime and acid tokens. Each space can have up to one token of each type, but can have several different tokens on it, like objective, acid, and slime tokens. The Acid Token Whenever a hero enters a space containing an acid token, they suffer one damage. Aliens ignore acid tokens. The Slime Tokens Whenever an alien enters a space containing a slime token, that alien must immediately be moved one additional space following the alien path. Heroes ignore slime tokens. The Action Phase The action phase takes place in real time and is controlled by the electronic timer. The standard action phase duration is 2 minutes during which the heroes repeatedly roll their dice to perform different actions. At the beginning of each action phase, the timekeeper sets the timer, the electronic or the APP, to 2 minutes and all players should make sure they have their action and hit dice at hand. Once everyone is ready, the timekeeper starts the timer and all players begin rolling their action dice. Note. Some events, items, aliens, and other game components may have effects that change the duration of the action phase. The timekeeper must adjust the timer accordingly in such case. Given the action phase real-time and simultaneous nature, sometimes heroes may perform actions or take decisions which do not go as expected for themselves or for the group. However, once an action is performed, it may not be taken back, regardless of its consequences. If during the action phase, any die rolls off the table, players may stop the timer, retrieve the die, and then resume the timer and continue with the action phase. While the timer is stopped, heroes are not allowed to perform any actions or discuss their plans. Rolling, Spending, and allocating action dice. All players take some or all their action dice and roll them. Then, they each may choose one or more of their rolled dice and resolve it either by spending it by setting the die aside and resolving its effect, or by allocating it in an action slot. Throughout the action phase, the players may re-roll any number of their action dice any number of times in any combination. The players may choose to resolve any result rolled or may choose to re-roll it. However, any alien movement results must be resolved before re-rolling or performing any other actions. Once an action die is resolved, it becomes available to be used again, provided it was not placed in the locking slot. The Actions During the action phase, the players spend the results of their rolled action dice to perform various actions. The move action. When a player spends this result, they may choose to move their hero figure one space in any direction, orthogonally or diagonally. If more than one move action results are rolled, the player may be moved multiple spaces at once. Heroes cannot move through walls, nor may they move diagonally across a wall's corner. 
Heroes cannot move through spaces that don't have grid lines on all sides, for example trees, water, etc. These are blocking spaces. No figure can be placed in it or be pushed into them. Heroes can move through the corners of blocking spaces normally. Note. Heroes cannot move through spaces occupied by other heroes or aliens, except when they are being pushed by an alien. Heroes cannot push other heroes or aliens unless it happens because they are themselves being pushed. The Allocate Action Dice showing these three different results may be allocated to the corresponding action slots in order to activate equipment, resolve ongoing events, and complete objective tokens. The Search Action Heroes may spend one search icon to make a search action when standing on a search token with its light side up or being adjacent to it. Note. Each search slot can only be used once per round. To search, a hero may either A. Immediately draw three cards from the top of the search deck, choose one to keep, and discard the two other. Then, flip the search token face down, showing that the action is no longer available in this space for the rest of the current round. Note. You may choose to immediately equip any weapon or item cards you keep, or discard them. The second option to perform the search action is to immediately take the search token off the map and place it next to your dashboard. At the end of the action phase, you may draw three cards from the top of the search deck, choose one to keep, and discard the other two cards. Return the search token, light face up, to its search slot at the end of the round. Note: Heroes can also allocate search icon dice in matching action slots in order to activate equipment, resolve ongoing events, and complete objective tokens. Important: If at any point the heroes need to draw a search card and the deck does not have enough cards, Reshuffle the discard pile to form a new search deck. The Alien Movement icon Whenever a hero rolls an alien movement result, which is red, before doing any other action or re-rolling any dice, they must choose any one alien, either swarm or boss, figure on the map and move it one space following the alien path. If multiple alien movement results are rolled at the same time, the hero may choose how to spend these results, distributing them among one or more alien figures. If an alien figure moves into a space currently occupied by another figure, the alien will push it. Unlike the other action dice results, resolving the alien movement result is mandatory. When a hero rolls one or more alien movement results, they cannot perform any other actions or re-roll any other dice until after all the alien movement results are resolved. Note: Players may choose to delay the resolution of their alien movement results as long as they'd like, provided they perform no other actions in the meantime.
However, all alien movement results must be resolved at the end of the action phase. Important. If any alien figure moves into the starting area, the game is immediately over and the heroes are defeated. Pushing. When an alien figure enters an occupied space, the occupant is pushed out, making room for the newcomer. If the occupant was an alien, it moves one space following the alien path. If a space has multiple paths, the heroes choose which to follow. If the occupant was a hero, they suffer one damage and move one space in any direction, except around wall corners. If a hero is being pushed multiple times, they will suffer one damage each time they are pushed. Note. A pushed figure may end up pushing another figure, and so on. A hero's pushing another figure neither suffers nor inflicts any damage. The Equipment Equipment cards are weapons, items, and attachments acquired through search actions and or by defeating bosses, which will be explained later. Heroes may give or exchange equipment cards with other heroes in adjacent spaces anytime during the round, but before the alien activation phase begins. Note. An equipment card with a locked dice cannot be transferred. Each weapon will contain a name, dice slots, weapon effect, if any, and a range. Note. If an infinity symbol is shown, this weapon has unlimited range. On weapon cards, you'll also find the hit dice, which is the number of hit dice rolled when attacking, the to hit value, which is the minimum dice value needed for a successful hit, and you'll also find the attachment restriction, which is the restrictions for adding attachments, if any, which will all be explained later. To activate a weapon, heroes must allocate action dice with symbols matching the weapon's action slots. Dice may be allocated in any order, in singles or groups. The weapon is only ready when all its dice slots are filled. At any point during the action phase, heroes may attack with any of their ready weapons. Check the weapon effect, if any, and follow these steps. First, roll a number of hit dice equal to the weapon's hit dice value. Second, Check how many results are greater than or equal to the weapon's two-hit value. That is the amount of successful hits generated by this attack. Results below the weapon's two-hit value are considered misses. Third, assign hits among aliens within the weapon's range value and line of sight, which will be explained later. If multiple hits are rolled, the hero may choose to assign the hits to a single figure or to distribute them between multiple figures. For each hit dealt to a boss, remove one health token from its card. Note: If you miss the hit dice roll, remove the action dice from the weapon's regular slots to indicate they've been spent. If a weapon's hit removes more than one health 
For each hit dealt, the health removed cannot be distributed between multiple figures. For the fourth step, any alien whose health is reduced to zero is killed. Since swarm figures have only one health, one hit is sufficient to kill each. Remove the killed figure from the map and place it back in the reserve. If a boss is killed, it is removed from the game and its card and figure should be returned to the game box instead. And for the fifth step, remove the action dice from the weapon's regular slots to indicate they've been spent. Note. Heroes are allowed to remove action dice that are allocated on a weapon's regular slots before it is activated. However, dice allocated to locking action slots cannot be removed during the action phase. Furthermore, a weapon that has a locked die on it may be reactivated by reallocating action dice to its regular slots. Important. Any weapons activated within the starting area have their range reduced to 1. Now for the item cards, they contain a name, dice slots, and item effect. To activate an item, a hero must allocate matching action dice to each of its action slots. These dice do not need to be allocated all at once, meaning they can be allocated one at a time. The item is only ready when all its dice slots are filled. At any point during the action phase, a hero may decide to activate any of the ready items to apply its listed effects. Action dice may be removed from regular slots at any point, regardless of whether or not such slots are filled. However, dice may not be removed from locking slots during the action phase. The Attachments Attachments are improvements that connect the weapon cards, enhancing the weapon's range or attack characteristics. Each weapon can only have one attachment connected to its attack and one attachment connected to its range, meaning these stats cannot be enhanced more than once. Furthermore, some weapon cards bear an attachment restrictions, which is a symbol of a line which is black and yellow, below their attack or range characteristics, which indicates that that weapon's characteristic cannot be enhanced at all. Attachments are permanent. Once connected, they may not be removed, changed, or discarded. If the weapon is given to another hero or discarded, the attachments go along with it. For all intents and purposes, consider a weapon and its attachments as a single piece of equipment. The Alien Tech Alien Tech cards are special weapons and items that can be gained during the action phase when heroes kill alien bosses. Whenever a boss is killed, the hero that killed it may immediately draw three cards from the top of the Alien Tech deck, choose one to equip immediately, and discard the other two. Alternatively, that hero may set those three cards aside face down without looking at them near their hero dashboard and wait until the end of the action phase to make their selection. Important. If at any point the heroes need to draw an alien tech card and the deck does not have enough cards, 
reshuffle the discard pile to form a new alien tech deck. The Line of Sight In order to attack an alien, a hero must have a line of sight to it, and the alien must be within their weapon's range. Line of Sight may also be required to resolve specific game effects. In these instances, the game effect specifies that line of sight is required. To establish if there is a line of sight between two figures, draw an imaginary line from the center of the figure's space to the center of the other figure's space. There is a line of sight if this line is not interrupted by any blocking element. Line of sight is not blocked if it only skims a blocking corner, passing at an angle exactly through the intersection of four spaces where only one side is blocked. Some equipment cards specify they can only attack aliens in straight lines. In these instances, line of sight can only be drawn through spaces that line up orthogonally or diagonally. Note. Alien and hero figures do not block line of sight. Resolving an event. To resolve an event with an ongoing effect, heroes must allocate action dice with matching results to the event card's locking slots. Heroes may do this from any space of the map. When action dice have been allocated to all action slots of the event card, it is fulfilled and will cease to affect the game after the action phase has ended. During the end of the round phase, remove any fulfilled event card with an ongoing effect and return all dice allocated back to their owners. If the event wasn't fulfilled, it will continue to affect the game. Multiple events may be active at the same time. If heroes fail to resolve an event, it will remain on the map, stacking with events from any future rounds. Completing an objective token. When a hero is adjacent to an objective token, they may allocate matching dice to their action slots. When all slots are filled with action dice, that token is considered ready. Heroes win the game when they complete the mission and all heroes return to their starting area. A completed objective is only resolved during the end of round phase, when the players get to retrieve their locked dice. It means that after completing the mission's objective and reaching the starting area, the heroes still have to go through a last alien activation phase before they win the game. Time's up. As soon as a timer reaches zero, the timekeeper must announce time's up. Heroes cannot roll any more action dice and any leftover, unallocated result is immediately discarded without resolution, with the exception of unsolved alien movement, which must be resolved now. Then, any ready equipment may be used once before moving to the alien activation phase. Heroes also resolve any search token on their dashboards and alien tech cards previously collected, if they choose to set them aside during the action phase. This is also a good time for heroes within range 1 and with line of sight of each other to give or exchange equipment cards. The Alien Activation Phase 
The alien activation phase is broken into two steps, which take place in order. The first step is the alien ability step. During this step, all aliens perform any available abilities listed on their stat cards, in case of swarms, or spawn cards, in case of bosses. Heroes choose the order in which specific bosses or swarms will perform their abilities. In the case of swarms, once a type is chosen, all aliens of that type must perform their ability before any other type. The Swarm Stat Card Each of the three types of swarm have a stat card, which contains a type, an ability, which indicates the swarm's ability, if any, it contains its health, as well as its movement value, which is the number of spaces each figure moves during the alien movement step. Any alien ability or ongoing event effect that takes place at the beginning of the alien ability phase takes place before any other effects. Conversely, any alien ability or game effect that takes place at the end of the alien ability phase takes place after all other effects. If there are multiple effects that are supposed to take place at the same time, heroes simply choose the order in which they happen. Heroes suffering damage As a consequence of aliens performing their abilities, heroes may end up suffering damage. Whenever a hero suffers damage, move the damage marker to the right of their damage track by a number of slots equal to the amount of damage suffered. Whenever a hero heals damage, move the damage marker to the left accordingly. If the damage marker crosses a damage threshold when moving from left to right, the hero loses one action die and places it in this slot. This slot die can only be recovered when the damage marker crosses back the damage threshold. Note that some items and some hero's abilities can recover health. If a hero's damage marker would have to move beyond the rightmost space of their damage track, that hero is killed and the game ends immediately in defeat. The second step of the alien activation phase is the alien movement step. Once each alien has performed its abilities, all swarm and boss figures on the map move. Each swarm type and boss has its own movement value, which indicates the number of spaces each figure will move. Heroes may move the alien figures in any order they wish, but all alien figures must move their full movement value during each alien movement step. Alien figures move following the alien path printed on the map. For all and any alien movement, the alien path must be followed, unless stated otherwise. If a space has multiple options, heroes choose which path to move the alien figure. When an alien enters an occupied space, the original occupant gets pushed. Important. If any alien figure moves into the starting area, the game is immediately over and the heroes have been defeated. The end of round phase. After concluding the alien activation phase, the end of round phase begins and heroes perform the following steps in order. First, 
check for victory or defeat according to the conditions which will be explained shortly. For the second step, retrieve your action dice. Heroes retrieve any action dice allocated to locking slots. When retrieving dice, also remove any completed event cards. And finally, for the third step, reset the search tokens. Search tokens are returned light side face up in the search slots on the map. Winning or losing the game. The game ends in victory if the mission's objective has been successfully completed and all heroes have returned to their starting area. The game ends in defeat if a hero dies or an alien is in the starting area at the end of the action phase or the 8th round has ended and the mission's objective has not been completed. Note. If any alien moves into the starting area during the alien spawning phase, it doesn't trigger the defeat. Those aliens stay there during the action phase, and if any of them is alive after it ends, the game ends in defeat. Aliens in the starting area cannot be moved. If any additional alien moves into the starting area while there's already an alien there, the game ends in defeat. The missions. Project Elite has a variety of different missions which you can choose to vary gameplay. These missions won't be explained in detail in this audio rulebook, but we encourage you to go straight to the rulebook to find the specifics, as it mainly affects setup. You can try to go in an extermination mission, a capture, demolition, recon, or even exploration. And that is it for chapter 22 of the book of rulebooks, Project Elite, a game designed by Konstantinos Kokinis, Marco Portugal, and Sotirios Tsantilas, and published by Simon Games and Artipia Games. My name is Mathieu Labras, and thank you very much for listening. We'll see you in the next chapter, in which we'll cover the game War of the Ring.